Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the D.C. Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hello, Honeymooners. Today is Monday and our episode is recorded. Uh, Thursday. Thursday. We were expressing a lot of confusion about what to do. And of course, one of the benefits of time is that things change. I really wanted to do the podcast twice a week because I feel like everything's moving so fast and there's so much new information happening that... um, I can't really keep up. So we just wanted to make sure that the uh, tone in the intro uh, was clear, that things hadn't unfolded as much as they had yet. And not that we're a political podcast, but this is a political time when you can't really stand by and not be political. Um, There's a lot of great resources going around right now. The George Floyd Memorial Fund, you can go to GoFundMe.com forward slash F forward slash George Floyd and give directly to the family of George Floyd. The Minnesota Freedom Fund, which we mentioned, there's a, the Black Visions Collective. You can give money to them. Reclaim the Block, a coalition that advocates for and invests in community-led safety initiatives in Minneapolis neighborhoods. There's Campaign Zero. It's an online platform and organization that uses research-based policy solutions to end police brutality in America. You can give to Unicorn Riot, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to exposing the root causes of dynamic social and environmental issues. Uh, the Black Visions Collective, don't want to give them short shrift. They're a black, trans, queer-led organization that is committed to the dismantling systems of oppression and violence and shifting the public narrative to create transformative long-term change. So those are just a few resources, things that you can do right now. But uh, enjoy the episode. Enjoy the episode and, and in these trying times and uh, trying to bring a little teeny bit of comedic light. Uh, and speaking of the Endless Honeymoon podcast, while we are but a simple comedy podcast, we would love to hear from you, have you on the podcast, especially more diverse voices. So email us endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com if you need advice on any subject whatsoever. 
uh, romance is always the way we lean, but we can go, we can move in multiple directions, right, Tosh? Yeah, how are you dealing? Yeah, let's talk. EndlessHoneymoonPod at gmail.com. Be a guest on our podcast. Let's start the episode. another episode of the endless honeymoon podcast my name is moshe kasher and i'm natasha legero we're married we're comedians and we've got a podcast but you know that because you're here i've been feeling pretty good and then i realized it's because i hadn't been online for two days yeah i walked outside and i was like what have you been up to and you didn't have that like wide-eyed look in your eyes and you were like because we were apart for a couple hours i was like what have you been up to and you looked all like soft and happy in the face and you were like i've been reading a book about Tennessee, Tennessee Williams. Williams and I was like yes <laughs> well you told me that and I was like oh that's better but then I you know I had to log on today and now I'm keep trying to keep up with all the tragedy happening it is a tragic time in America yes it is definitely that or uh, I mean I don't know it's so silly because I didn't even know about what was happening in Minneapolis because I, I was offline for two days it's so silly like I feel simultaneously stupid and like it's pointless as a, on a comedy podcast to comment on what's happening in Minneapolis. And also it feels like ridiculous and absurd not to. Um, we're in a, a, a weird moment in American history where, you know, collective trauma is once again active on, on, in the streets of, you know, a black community torn apart by a familiar sort of story. And um, anyway, it's tragic and awful. And uh, what I was, people are angry and for good reason. And so uh, anyway, it's, it's been, it's, that's been on my mind just like everybody else's. And, and I guess yours now too. I mean, that is unfortunately what happens when you open the news is it's like, it feels like these days, so how, every how, day a new tragedy. How can we, how can we stay sane, you know, and, and still feel involved? Well, there's, you know, if, if what you're after is a... Um, way to get involved uh there's actually a lot of discussion online for people um who are unsure of how they can help specifically around issues of police brutality and police violence in the black uh, uh, and brown communities there's that maybe in a weird way is a positive is that more people that were sort of new uh, vaguely that this was an issue are now feeling it more acutely that aren't as affected by it personally and are, start, and are starting to get involved or ask that question that you're asking, how do I get involved? Um, so, I mean, it's very easy to like look, look it up on online. Like, you know, literally you could look up what can I do to help? But um, there's something going around right now. Um, there's a document that's coming around, going around right now. I mean, let's see if I can find this thing. Somebody literally just sent it to me. Anti-racism resources for white people. It's basically, I mean, it's basically for people that would like to get involved in, 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 in and are like, but I'm white. What business do I have getting involved? It's like kind of every business because we're the other half of the story. That's something you could Google. Anti-racism resources for white people are just literally what do I do? I don't know. I, I don't want to feel, sometimes I get self-conscious because it's like, am I, be, I being like overly righteous or virtue signally? But now it doesn't really seem like the time to worry about that. Now it seems like the time to find where you can help. But one thing you can do, a lot of people are doing, is there's a fund online that uh, people are um, are donating to, uh, which is to bail protesters uh, to out of, of jail. So when they get arrested um, in Minneapolis, 
uh, it's called the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And you can donate to that fund. And it's literally just a cash donation, whatever you can give. And if somebody gets arrested for protesting in Minneapolis, this helps to apply to their bail. That's a very small bit of financial action that you can take. Is that something, Natasha? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Or just Google it. Um, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, it's heavy. It's a heavy world. Heavy time, and heavy I have world. no clean underwear and no clean spoons. Well, right. And, part of the, and I'll be honest. That feels overwhelming. But no, I mean, obviously, it's nothing compared to everything that's happening. No, but I think it does. I compare. just feel like I'm drowning in everything. Drowning in dirty underwear, and I'll tell you, part of the reason you have so few clean underwear is that I've been. I mean, to be honest with you, I've been hoarding your dirty underwear and selling them on eBay with your headshot <laughs> to collect money for the Minnesota Freedom Fund. So in a way, you're already a part of the solution. I have to say, though. Um, th- Tonight is Shabbat and uh, Friday night, Friday night. And one thing that has come across my mind tonight, because I was trying to think of things that were positive because I was so overwhelmed with all the negative. And like, I really like that we are able to have a little bit of ritual and routine in our life. Now that there's like so little uh, else to do, you always had something to do. You were always like going to a show, going to a podcast, go do, you know, you're like constantly out doing stuff. I'm out doing stuff a lot. We're busy. We had a nanny here at least 40 to 50 hours a week. (laughs) And now it's like, we're home all the time. We are having dinner every single night together. And I don't know, I feel like my mother in the Midwest, but I don't know that just makes me really happy that we're like able to like have this family time and talk as a family and then also have a Shabbat dinner every Friday. Yeah. And I think any little scraps of that that you can find, if that's something that interests you in terms of like having a routine and something that um, a ritual, like finding little rituals. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. I think so too. We all have an opportunity to do that with a slowed down pace. Um, And I had a really special moment this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful thing happened to me. What? Um, Again, I don't want to be cheesy, but. I got my first final kill in oh Apex my God. Legends. That was so embarrassing. I texted like five people. All of a sudden, I'm like hanging out in the living room and I hear Moshe going well, like, Yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, hell yeah! Did you see that, you guys? Did you fucking see that, you guys? Okay, well... I was like, what is happening? Um, I was just getting... Why is my husband... Uh, I'm just getting vulnerable and for you to like laugh and turn it into a punchline. You seemed line. more excited about that than you had about when the I birth gave birth of our child. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to take your punchline as your merciless But no, but I'm me. trying to think of like joyous times and you definitely were like Wow, it's like buzzing. When, I saw, when I saw you reading the Tennessee Williams book, I felt a great deal of uh of uh, compersion and and joy for you. You know, your pleasure was my pleasure. But when I get a final kill playing as Bangalore in Apex Legends in a time when I was down, I didn't have any shields left, and I found a Phoenix kit in a kill box, and I filled it up, and I chased after the team, and we ran down the corridor right there in, uh, in, in, the, in the main line, and we didn't know where the team was, and we ran past them, and they were two of them hiding in a corner that immediately started to shoot at us, and one of them was taken down by my teammate, but then he went down, okay. and I saw the person jump, and I turned my gun, and then bra, 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 I got the final kill, and it was only at that 
moment that I realized that we were the champions and that there was only one squad left and I had gotten the final kill. It was That was a moment of exhilaration for me that will live in my heart and in my mind for the rest of COVID and for the rest of quarantine and for the rest of my fucking life. So you can laugh all you want, Natasha, but that moment was for me and Bangalore and the rest of the Apex Legends. So if you guys don't know exactly what he's talking about, he like has this like squad of like like three guys who all don't have families or children that he like <laughs> does his video gaming with and they talk every night and they're always on the phone together and he's just it's like all, yep. and it is, it's as awesome like, as it sounds they'll kind of be like talking about covid but then all of a sudden they're like okay well, are you behind the wall oh, okay cool dude oh yeah, yeah. so so what, but, what were you talking about at the beginning of this thing was just that you try to have a good time but then you get sucked into the news cycle and then i'm like i try to have a good time and i have a great time and i get the final kill speaking of having a good time natasha tonight's gonna be a good time I'm very excited about our next guest. He has a movie too. coming out that I have friends who have already seen it. And they're like, you've got to see this movie. We saw an advanced copy. And I was not in the echelon of people who got an advanced <laughs> copy. But I'm very excited. They're screening it on Apex Legends tonight. <laughs> but he, listen, he's a, he's a legendary comedy director. He's a great stand-up comedian. Um, you've seen his films. He's, a, he's a, The guy's a legend. What can you say? And we always see him at the comedy clubs. Uh which I guess are maybe going out of business. We're not we sure. don't know, but this guy's not going out of business. He's got a movie coming out at June the 12th. It's called The King of Staten Island. And of course, our guest this evening is Judd Apatow. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mush. You know what I don't like? What? Smelling like shit. You know what one of the best ways for me to not smell like shit is? Um, I don't know. Stop chewing that Nicorette? Well, no. That's not exactly where I was going. It's wearing deodorant. But you know what else I don't like? Hmm. I don't like putting aluminum and weird chemicals in my body. Exactly. Or that kind of musky smell. No. And thank goodness there is now a wonderful deodorant company that I personally use and love. It's my favorite deodorant company I've ever found. It's called Native Deodorants. And they don't have aluminum, which is basically just a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating. Native deodorant is made with ingredients that you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. I put shea butter all over my body tonight. I know. I can smell it from here. You wear deodorant every day. Shouldn't you be able to understand the ingredients list? This is straight up a deodorant that I use. They have coconut vanilla scent. They've got lavender and rose, cucumber mint, which is my favorite, and there's a eucalyptus and mint. There's no risk to try with Native. There's free shipping on every order, and they offer a 30-day free return and exchanges in the United States. Yeah, don't go to Rite Aid. Just get your deodorant delivered to your door. Check out their 9,000 five-star reviews from happy customers online who have switched to Native. And they've also just launched a toothpaste line. It's a relaunch. A lot of natural toothpaste feel like natural toothpaste. It's gritty. It's gross. There's no foam. But Native's toothpaste uses a special blend of naturally derived cleansers, flavors, and whiteners to deliver a great brushing experience. It's made without triclosan sulfates. Hate triclosan sulfates. Artificial preservatives. Don't like them. Parabens. Basically all stuff that's not good. If you've been thinking about trying this detoxifying charcoal toothpaste, they've got one of those now too. Anyway, to the, the point is, Native is a company that I both use and that we really want you to try. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code HONEYMOON during checkout. Um, thanks. Yeah, nativedeodorant.com, promo code HONEYMOON. Hello? 
Judd. Yeah. <laughs> Judd, we miss you. <laughs> I know, I miss you. We're all uh, isolated in our homes. And, but I get to listen to you on your podcast talk about what's happening. I mean, that's ah. it's 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 been hard to talk about what's happening. Right? I, Moshe's always talking me out of like a despondent stupor. How well, are you handling yeah, it? Yeah, Judd, I feel like you were already before the quarantine being driven mad by the by society's woes now you must i mean this is are you good are you okay <laughs> we just called to see if you're okay yeah we're just checking in i know <laughs> this is a wellness I, uh, you know are, is, are we already doing the podcast oh or, yeah we are is this, pre, <laughs> no, is this a pre-podcast and do i have to lie about my feelings or do i need to tell the truth oh tell, <laughs> <laughs> tell us which thing we should tell you you know, Alan Funt used to, when he first started doing Candid Camera, he noticed that when he put the, it was on radio, he noticed when he put the on air, he would get these soldiers to come in, he would interview them, and they'd be lively and hilarious, and then the on air light would come on, <laughs> and he would say, okay, now we're going to do the interview, and they would clam up and become really uncomfortable, so he stopped using the on air light, which was the birth of Candid Camera. So what do we do, Judge? I feel like my, I feel like my entire stand-up career has been with the on air light on. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, we're rolling. I've been taking very, I've been taking very long walks. So I, you know, for the first few weeks, I flailed about, and then, you know, my wife and I decided to have a very simple structure to the day, which was mornings for health, whatever you think that means, exercise, meditation, anything that makes you less crazy. Afternoons, try to do anything productive. Could be a phone call, could be trying to write, could be cleaning a drawer, just something where you feel like you did something. And then evenings, it's just a, it's a straight on binge and ice cream <laughs> for about six to eight hours of binging and ice cream. I took and, a picture uh, of the ice cream in my fridge today and I, I was thinking of people because like I have, I've never been someone who has 12 different kinds of ice cream in their fridge. Oh my God. There's so much salt and straw in my uh, freezer right now. And, uh, I also have been doing something occasionally, which I hadn't done before, which is, you know, you can eat two pints of ice cream in one night. <laughs> I didn't know that was possible, Judd. I thought it was illegal. I mean, you, you, well, the thing is, if it's melted enough, you're going to eat it pretty fast. Well, if, it, I've noticed. if one of them's <laughs> melted enough, you can use the second pint as a beverage to wash the first one down. Yeah, you can just drink it, you know, and then what happens is you finish it and then you'll, you'll look at like your Haagen-Dazs container and you'll realize that you just had like 1,400 milligrams of cholesterol. <laughs> Wait, so I, I like this idea, health in the morning, pro productivity in the afternoon, and then nighttime, do whatever you want. I mean, our only issue is that we have a two-year-old. And no help. So that's been... I was actually thinking about asking you if you had any advice because you seem like such a productive person because Moshe and I, from switching off with the baby, we really only have like three hours, three times a week to ourselves. Yeah, our schedule, Judd, is mornings, one of us takes the baby, one of us writes. Afternoon, go for a walk. Evening dinner and nighttime is for fucking. That's our binging. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if you know this, Judd, but you can have sex with your wife four times in one evening in a quarantine. Moshe, please. Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a, that's 
That's the real definition of binge. <laughs> that does not happen. No, it has never happened, Judd. I'll be honest. Well, I have uh, a 22-year-old and basically an 18-year-old at this point, which is the equivalent of having 22-year-olds. Oh. <laughs> what is it like? You know, we've been talking on the podcast about what it must be like for teens who are like, desperate for i mean when you're 18 and 22 but especially 18 your social life is just everything are they going crazy you know it's hard because uh they understand when you have a little kid they don't know what's going on. you could trick them like the whole your whole life's supposed to happen in the house right right you right know? right and they don't know they're like dumb they don't even know that like they're missing out no tig, tig was telling us their her kids think they're on spring break a long long <laughs> spring break yeah they're just like oh my god my parents are finally paying attention to me i exactly. love it right, but an 18 year old is like oh my god my parents are paying attention to me yeah there's no there's no you know uh kid who's heading into their senior year of high school that dreams of a lot more time with mom and dad. <laughs> you know what I'm hoping so, this, you know, we, this last year of high so school? We're like thrilled. Uh, you, so we're quietly thrilled about it, you know, because it is the moment when they just want their freedom. And now it's just board games with us. So, and, so do, you, do you have like you do like family dinners and board games with the, with the kids? We have been doing some board games. And, and, and I'll tell you. We never played a board game their entire lives until like <laughs> three weeks ago. And we talked about it. Like I would always like say to the kids, you want to play Monopoly? And they're like, we are not playing Monopoly. And it would never happen. We couldn't get them to do it. We were like, I guess it's, you know, the technological age. We're not going to play Risk. And you know what? It's all Risk all day and all night now. Well, you guys really are binging That's Risk, amazing. huh? That's so lucky. That oh, he... yeah. You know, it's funny. I didn't think about where everybody's talking about how, uh, it, you know, teenagers are missing out on this vital social moment in their life. But nobody's talking about the phenomenon you're discussing, Judd, which is that parents are getting like an extra bonus, mm -hmm. like concentrated nine months of like quality time before their kids <laughs> move out of the house. Like that's uh, there's something kind of awesome about that. It's like they're literally mandated by the state to hang out with their family. Oh, no, it is hysterical how much like quality time we're getting and, you know, true bonding time because now for some reason it doesn't feel like what life used to be like. It literally feels like we're four people sharing our first apartment. It isn't like we're raising them anymore. We're like five minutes from all doing mushrooms together. It's just a completely different situation. It's just... You know, all bullshit goes out the window and everyone is, gets very real. And, and I think it's, you know, that part of it is really great. You know, Maud uh, was right about to start shooting her TV show. Uh, you know, she's on Euphoria on HBO. They were about to shoot and she was, you know, heading into a lot of time of really long days, working really hard. And now she, uh, she just has to sit here and... Uh, Watch 90 Day Fiance all day long with me. 
I, if, if I were Maude, though, I would be pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I love the idea. I love the idea of you guys sitting around doing mushrooms and then HBO calling and saying, actually, we, we're, we're filming. We're going to go do the Euphoria and her coming to the Euphoria set 18 years old on yeah. mushrooms. Like, it's a show about teenage drug addiction if you haven't seen it. And it's not a pretty picture. Exactly. So. <laughs> it, would be a, it wouldn't be that different. <laughs> that's right. And Judd, your movie's coming out. We're excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah, to- it looks so good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, The King of Staten Island at June 12th uh, on Video On Demand. And people say, what does that mean? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it means you'll turn on your computer and, and the movie will just, it'll be there. There'll be buttons and someone will say, do you want it? I don't know where, but somewhere on your computer. I don't know if it's Amazon or Apple or Comcast or... <laughs> Something Shutter <laughs> might be on Shutter. I don't know. It's somewhere. It might be on Criterion already. It might already be on Criterion. Oh, you're releasing? I've been told that I already. <laughs> What's that? You're releasing on Criterion. <laughs> I'm already on Criterion. It's already Beautiful. classic. And by the way, I've already been guaranteed that I won the Oscar. That's, oh, that's... the weird part. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's like, you're you're pretty much the only movie this year. Uh, it's versus you and Scoob, and so if you can beat. Scooby Doo, you won Best Picture, so I'm pretty psyched because I never is, thought that would happen for me. But on the, in an asterisk year, I won. This is very exciting. Congratulations well, on the win! Well, it's starring by the Pete way. Davidson. I have some friends who've seen it who said it was hilarious, so I'm really looking forward. to I'm seeing excited it. by it too. The trailer looks incredible, but um, yeah, I mean, video on demand isn't. I feel like it sounds good. In a different world, maybe you'd be like, "Oh, what does that mean?" But I feel like now it means like what everybody's doing. I mean, isn't that what we're, I've bought more movies on iTunes in the last four months than perhaps ever before? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's code for rental. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Judd, I, I just want to ask you something though. I mean, I obviously I'm excited about your movie, and I want to take a call with you. But like on a sc- scale of one to ten, like how worried are you for the world? <laughs> For me, I'm always at eight and a half, like in, in, in every single moment. And I feel like I've been ranting for years about it. And so many people are like, will you just shut up? So many people are so annoyed when you never stop you know, sounding the alarm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I feel like this is everything I thought would happen. I hate to say it. It's just everything that I, I was concerned about which is somebody who is not uh appropriate to lead a country leading a country and then something very serious happens and they're not mentally capable of handling it so yeah i'm i'm uh i'm trying not to watch too much of the news because it really puts me under so i have to be you know i have to like scale it back to like a good 11 hours a day (laughs) wait so you actually watch news in your home like on the tv I, I've been watching much less, to be honest with you. I, I it, it's, uh, it's hard for me. I, I read a lot. I've been actually trying not to watch as much, and that, that actually helps. Well, here's the good news. If you're stressed out right now about the, the state of things, and we live in L.A., L.A., as of 11 p.m. tonight, 
opened all restaurants back up to for dine in. So if you oh want, if you want to share a restaurant with uh, the early adopters of <laughs> <laughs> quarantine breaking, i.e., people that haven't been taking it seriously this whole time, i.e., the, the people most likely to have it, get down to your local Denny's because it's they, they got well, a Rudy Tutti Fresh know, and Fruity for you. I got to say, I miss the Rainforest Cafe. Oh, yeah, we all do. And uh, so, I, you know, I just go to the Rainforest Cafe, but then be safe everywhere else. Is that true? Do they really open all the restaurants? They have officially said... It's probably like 50% capacity. They've officially said restaurants can open in LA. I don't know why. We don't... I don't... It, can't, it felt, felt like it came out of nowhere. Right. It's not like the people have had time to prepare or clean the restaurants. Right. But to get ready for this opening. But it's on. We're going to have one crazy summer. Uh, I'm going to have a pretty crazy summer uh, on my couch. Wait, Judd... I'm, 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 I'm committed to my couch lifestyle i hear you i mean it's funny that this is happening because you said something in an interview like way before i met you a long time ago and maybe you can verify if this is true did you take a year once to just take like just to read like you took a year off to read it was a year also of just unemployment (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, you mean you didn't take a year hollywood gave you a year (laughs) it was a, a year of like Crushing cancellations and <laughs> and a lot of pilots not picked up. And then I thought, maybe I should just read for a year. Uh, well, the truth is, you know, we were expecting uh, our second child, Iris, at the time. I see. And you know, my wife is always worried that uh, the baby will come early. So she expects me uh, to stop working about seven months before <laughs> the due date. <laughs> and... And then she doesn't want me to go back to work right. for a while. So I had committed to trying to read what I thought I was supposed to read. So I did commit to trying not to work much and mainly reading. And that was, that was fun. Cause I would just ask people, what do you think I should read? Give me, give me 10 books. Do you think it's essential to have read? I would ask all sorts of interesting people and, and, you know, do my best to read. About eight percent of them. Wait, Judd, <laughs> what what are your what are your five must reads? My five must reads. Uh, you know, I'll start with Dharma Bums. You know, I forget like on the road. Okay. You know, you got to go straight to Dharma right? Bums. Uh, you know, there was a great book that Owen Wilson recommended called uh, "A Fan's Notes" by Frederick Exley, which is a really great book written in the '60s by this English teacher who was an alcoholic and he wrote uh, uh, this, he called it a fictional memoir. It was about how he went to college with Frank Gifford and then he compared the rest of his life with Frank Gifford as he succeeded in football. And, 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 and it's just so funny and really dark and real. And it influenced a lot of my writing. Oh, I never heard uh, of that. And so if, That's it's cool. a, it's a, he, he, he was a great, one great book novelist. Uh, a fan's notes for for those of you taking notes during the this time. <laughs> I'm writing uh, it down now. You know, I, I, I and then you know I tried to read you know the things they they always told you to read like F. Scott Fitzgerald. I hadn't read any of that or any Hemingway. You know, as a kid, you know, if I had a book report, I was clearly gonna you know try to figure out a way not to read the book Me in too. every <laughs> single situation. You know, Judd, uh, <laughs> when I was a freshman in high school. I wrote a book report on a passage to India, and I never, to this day, have I read that book, and I got a B. 
I don't know how I, I did can it. Can I say something? I tried that in college. We were supposed to read four books uh, at, at USC in this you know, international literature class. And as they handed me you know, the, uh, the questions for the in-class final essay, I realized I had only read three of the four books and tried to bullshit <laughs> the last one as an example. And also in the case of of uh john cheever's falconer yes that also happened that the, was also the case ah uh, the falconer <laughs> a tale of a man who loved falcons and falconing ah the moral <laughs> quandaries posed by such a activity moving along okay now i want well, one more question for judge well i would love to get his full reading oh list. yeah maybe we you could, should make a reading list judge hold on what, so wait we got time. we got we got oh, oh okay we we have we have two well i don't want to put him on the spot do you have any do I have any must reads? You know, oh. you know it's a great book that also uh, that Owen Wilson recommended to me. Uh, <laughs> Who knew? Was, um, Is it all Owen Wilson Rex? <laughs> uh, Owen, Owen Wilson likes to read. Um, but back in the day, he, he recommended these books. Um, it was a book of short stories that F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote called The Pat Hobby Stories. And when he needed money, he would write short stories. They paid a lot back then. Cool. Uh, and... And they were all about how he was getting treated like shit as a screenwriter in Hollywood. So he had this character, Pat Hobby, and he would write vicious diatribes against the studio system through the character of the screenwriter who was just getting abused by all the <laughs> studio heads. And they're hysterical and really mean. And uh, he did them just to make cash, but they're kind of great. That's awesome. Owen Wilson once told me a story about Gene Hackman that he was in a movie with Gene Hackman a long time ago when in, early in his career and they were watching sure, yeah. they were watching the monitors and there was an actress i guess the lead in the film i don't know who the, this woman was and Gene Hackman a lot of funny things Gene Hackman did but he turned to Owen Wilson and they weren't even friends and he goes not very good is she <laughs> <laughs> Lucky she looks oh, good or something God. like that just a, just a, an old hollywood <laughs> salt dog yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's old school horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love old school horrible. I always like want to like. I I, I wish we talked to more eighty year olds on this podcast. Let's do it. I want to. I want to see what's happening. What they think is 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 up. Let's get some eighty year olds. Wait, I want to ask Judd one more question. Okay, one more question, Judd, and then we're going to do a call with you. Okay. Um. What's your What are your thoughts on stand up? <laughs> What's going to happen? Is it going to come back? See, I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on the movie industry. How are you going to direct a film in these weird viral times? But yeah, either or. I'm interested in stand up. Is it? Well, dead? somebody asked me. Somebody asked me to listen in on a Zoom show. So, you know, they do these shows on Zoom where, uh, you know, they'll, they'll keep the comedian on the main screen so you don't see the audience but they leave the microphones on for the crowd. So it might be 50 people or a hundred people. So the comedian can hear the crowd, but like a third of the people are just like, Hey girl, pass me those chips. <laughs> and they're just like not paying attention, just talking at the same level as the comic. And it seemed like a yeah. bit of a nightmare or at least like something they hadn't quite figured out yet i'm i'm amazed that more uh, comedians aren't really having a hard time with not performing because so many of our friends kind of missed more than a couple of days in decades 
I know. Well, it was a break. Maybe it was a break that was building up, and people are like, I think now I'm getting really stir crazy for getting on stage. But for a while there, I was like, this is pretty nice. But is it a break? I got I mean- asked, actually, I got asked to do a show tomorrow uh, for, it isn't for charity, but I only said yes because it was uh, a, a lot of money. And I thought, this is a nightmare, but. I'll just give the money away to somebody like it would be wrong to turn down this strange, like, you know, do a little comedy at someone's party zoom. And I'm like, I don't care how awful it is. I'll just give all the money away. It'll take me 10, 15 minutes. So who cares? So tomorrow I am going to do it. And uh, I will let you know. No, no, no. It's great or awful. No, Judd, don't let us know. Give us the link. Drop oh, us the I link. Get the link. <laughs> Tell our listeners the link so they can tune in and see a comedy legend die. I always want to tune into these things, but everyone can see who comes on. I know. So we can't even go in and like New, like hide. I think and... you can change your name. I think you can change your name and, okay. and, and, and haunt one. Well, that's admirable. Man, if you thought uh, private parties were awkward to perform at before the pandemic, try a private party on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it it it's it, it could be something hilariously memorable or just awful, but I think at this point I just don't care at all. Right, totally. So I'm I'm just going to tell a very long story that fills up the whole time. I will completely tune out if there's any reaction. I don't even know if there'll be sound for me to hear a reaction. Is the truth, and uh, I really feel more like this is a, a Robin Hood situation. And the charity, by the way. Uh, is going to be me giving all the money to Andy Kindler. (laughs) (laughs) I swear I thought you were winding up for a very, very altruistic pit plug. And in the end, it was just poor Andy. We should call Andy. I I would love to hear how he's coping. I'm sure he's fine. Andy's fine. You think? No, I don't. (laughs) I mean... Well, it's a lot of people that need a lot of love and approval. And who enjoy the creative process, not getting any of that mm-hmm. and, right. and having to either shut it down and give it a rest or come up with other ways to be creative. So for me, it, I, I think it'll be most interesting to see, does anyone get funnier after this? that's a great point everything's going to be different our hair is going to be longer we'll all be fatter and less funny that's a that's a very funny idea to think about well there is like an atrophy that's setting in for everybody i feel like you know it's well well, you know what i've been doing is i get up every morning at 6 30 this is the truth because i was like i'll just sleep all day so i'm gonna start getting up early and i walk for two to two and a half hours really fast that's awesome. And so I've lost 12 pounds, but haven't shaved. So I look <laughs> like I got fatter, but I lost 12 pounds. But the beard makes me look like I got bigger. And I, I look like, uh, you, you know, a president from the 1890s <laughs> now. Wait, you go on a two and a half hour masked walk as soon as you wake up? Uh, yes. And uh, and it really makes me feel good the rest of the day. I like, love that. Like it's, it's a it's a weird thing that I discovered that uh, I enjoy doing, and every once in a while, I'll you know bump into somebody, and then we you know it's interesting when you walk and you see someone you know, most of the time that person won't stop walking. <laughs> right. Yes. Weird. 
What's like awesome? they don't stop to chat from a distance. Like they kind of go, "Hey man, how's it going? You good? All right, good." And they just keep walking and they don't stop. But I I stop and they they still don't stop. Well, it's weird because these masks are covering up so much of our face too. It's like even when you pass a stranger, you don't really smile anymore and and now, like, my kids, too, and, and they're talking about in preschool, all the teachers are going to be wearing masks. And it's like there's certain social cues that are just going to be kind of, like, side sideswiped now because... And you know what's weird when you wear a mask? is it, You feel like you're wearing sunglasses. So, right. like, you'll see a lot of guys, like, looking at women's breasts <laughs> as if they can't be seen. It's like, that's not that's not the right cover, buddy. That's, cover, that's the thing that covers up when you're doing the pussy-eating face at a woman when she walks by. <laughs> um, well, we wanted to maybe take a call with you, and it, people call in and ask for advice, and they would love it if you were on the phone. Yeah, you, we're going to do one. Here we, here we go. We're going to do one, and at the end of it, let's give you a code word. You can say Staten, okay. Staten Island if you want to do another one, but if you don't, okay. you, you say Queens. Okay, well, you just somehow okay. slip that in. Okay, so let's uh, Excellent. let's call Aviona in San Diego. All right. Hello, Aviona. Hi. Hey, it's Natasha and Moshe, and we have a special guest, Judd Apatow. Hi, how are you? Judd, are you on? I'm here. Okay, how good. are you? Um, Avonia. Av- good. Am I saying your name right? Aviana. 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 So what's going on? That was the worst way you could say it. So tell us what's going on in your world. How can we help? Yeah, why'd you contact us? So basically, I guess I just wanted um, some advice on how to deal with my mom. Um, it's kind of been something that's gone on my whole life, but I guess I just want to put a stop to the cycle. Um, we are very close, but we argue a lot. Um, and as I've gotten older, like our views on things have gotten progressively more different. And so just lately, it's been with, you know, COVID and politics, it's like, we just go at it and it ends in a screaming match and I'm opinionated and so is she. And so I don't know how to maintain like a healthy relationship, um, you know, without arguing because a lot of what we talk about is current events and COVID and politics. Let me guess. She's a uh, CDC cuck and you're a COVID truther. (laughs) No, she's a COVID truther. (laughs) No, I know. I know. Usually people don't call the the advice hotline and go, you know, the thing is, I know that the virus is fake, but my mom, she just keeps putting that mask on. So did your mom watch the, the documentary Plandemic or something? Or what's her deal? Or is she just she, in love with Trump? She is in love with Trump. She might have watched Plandemic. I'm not sure. Um, but she, you know, thinks like Bill Gates is like the Antichrist, like or something. I don't know. But it's just all of that. And when I'm like, Mom, like, why aren't you wearing a mask? Because she's in Florida. She's like, you know, you just wait and see Aviana. Like, it's in the Bible. And I'm, I don't know what to say it's to that. It's in the you Bible. Know, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Her- Which is fine. Like, some people think that. But No, to her point, it is in the Bible. It does mention the Bill Gates putting a microchip in a vaccine <laughs> in the Bible. Judd, what do you think? You're... You're a person of strong political beliefs. You must have people in your life that have uh, not shared those beliefs. How do you maintain peaceful a peace in the kingdom? I don't think this is a really hard one. I think you just got to let her go. You know, you just let her go. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, you're, she already raised you. Clearly, yeah. uh, she's, uh, she cursed she's you with that name. <laughs> you know, she, uh, she supports a murderer. So it's kind of like if she's like, I love John Wayne Gacy. That's when you go, Mom, it was I nice know. knowing you. I'm sure you'll be fine the rest of your years. And uh, you just yeah. cut bait. Just cut. Cut, <laughs> cut bait, uh, as they so say in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta sometimes so like, you got to let people go. Anymore. Is that real? Ad- that, um, is that real advice, John? Here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. You're always going to have uh, disrespect in your heart for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And so you you can make the decision to say we are never going to talk about anything meaningful for the rest of our lives, and I'm going to visit you, but it'll be much briefer and much more rare. And that will save me from stress. And I think there's nothing yeah. wrong with doing that. Because for me personally, I think it's we've crossed over to a new place where the president is actively making a choice to let a lot of people die. It's a conscious choice. So when people are like, I feel like him, I think you have to know that. Even your own a, parents? A death, a death cult. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta let go of a parent, you know, because uh, you know sometimes your parents let you down, and you go, you know what, I I've already created my own world, and how much should I suffer? So I would say, say never, let's never talk about anything meaningful again. We'll only talk about like what we're watching uh, on Netflix, but nothing with news, and then, uh, but also visit a, a lot less, and and when you call. Eight minutes tops. I, eight minutes, I, I'm, and then and you're off. I, yeah, I'm kind of. Yeah, we talk a lot. You, what's that? Say it. Say it again. Av, 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 avocado. Aviana. <laughs> we we talk a lot. That's the thing I forgot to mention. Like I'm her only child, so we talk like constantly. Um, so that might be why also. Yeah, I think I'm thinking uh, kind of a modified Judd. I mean, Judd seems Judd is like the um, if is the. Uh, the the severe voice here and i'm kind of like i'm with i'm with the judd advice and i with a modification which is that you have a conversation with her and it might not go well but i would suggest you have a conversation with her and say and you put it put it all on you you say you know the truth is this whole quarantine covid political stuff that's happening right now i'm so emotionally like fucked up by it all that it when we have a conversation and we fight it like it d- like destroys me for a week and so i because i love you so much and i need you in my life i've just decided we i can't really go there on those topics with you anymore and we have to we have to talk about other stuff and then the hard part is sticking to that when she brings it up you say you say oh i we are, i don't want to talk about that and if she keeps talking about it you go i'm going to go mom and then you and when she keeps talking about it you get off the phone and if that doesn't work find she's in florida find carol baskin maybe she'll take care of your mom for you <laughs> well yeah it's just, i wanted her to visit me in california and so i'm just worried when she does that she's going to be like those liberals and like have all these comments to make so maybe <laughs> i should postpone that trip yeah i wouldn't invite her for a vacation but I also think like, you know, it, we, we t- to really be behind Trump, like I don't think it's like being behind like George Bush in the 90s. Like it feels like Trump is like actively trying to bait people and start race wars. And I, I don't know. I just am I am I no, just do I, I sound like a liberal idiot? No, no, no. I don't disagree. I just 
No, I just think I like, just feel like he's dangerous. And but so it's, it's her like, mom. It's her mom. She's not going to let go of her mom. Her name is Aviona. Obviously, she <laughs> she named her that so that she could keep ties because Aviona wouldn't be able to make any friends with that name. Like they're close is, is my point. And you're not going to. Well, what topic is it fun to talk about with her? Is that, there a topic that you enjoy talking about with her? Well, I don't know. It's just more of like what you're used to talking about with someone. Um, I wouldn't say I really enjoy. It's just more of like something you do to keep up with your parent, you know? Wait, so when you say you're close. Go ahead, Judd. We're close like we just talk frequently. There's also another way to go about it. And you just say this. Agree with me on everything or you're alone. (laughs) (laughs) okay i love that this is like real serious like i'm gonna send you a clear memo with all my opinions and the proof that backs them up then you call me and you say you agree and then then we're gonna have the best time for the rest of your days if you do not sign it legally then you are alone and i will send you the app for tinder (laughs) <laughs> okay. what do you think natasha well it's hard because it is her mom but like i don't know i just I keep thinking of the advice my therapist said which is if you don't if two people don't share reality i've said this on the podcast before but if you don't share reality it's pointless arguing with them because your reality is different than her reality so it's like you're just gonna get into a screaming match there's no you know like my mom disagreed with me about something political once and I kind of like explained to her I was like look look at these are talking points from the right wing that you heard and she was like oh because she's not you know she's she's a liberal person but she was very convinced that the people who were kneeling were like disgracing the nation oh like Colin Kaepernick yes and I like kind of I sent her like three different articles and kind of explained it and I think she understood it and was like yeah, you're right. You know, but it's like if your mom's not going to do that, then why ever enter a converse- conversation? Yeah, I, I, my question is like, why, Aviona, why are you having these conversations? She's not getting to you. You're not getting to her. She's not enjoying it. You're not enjoying it. So what is the purpose of, of having these conversations? Like, it would be better to have the, the one awkward conversation where you tell her with firmness, we're never talking about this again, and then stick to it, than have 300 unpleasant conversations for the rest of your relationship. That is my, that is, so let it be said. Okay. Okay. Thank you, guys. And I'm sorry you weren't born with cooler parents and maybe in <laughs> Paris even. Can I give one last okay. piece of advice that yes. I heard? Yes. Here's one, one last yes. piece of advice that I, I read in the book once. It said, with people generally, you should look past their personality to their soul. Love that. That's nice. Okay. How's your mother's that's soul? Good. Is it any good? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's the thing. It's good. So that's why I'll stick around. Yeah. And my final parting bit of advice is that I won't tell you where he lives, but Judd lives in the L.A. area. And between the hours of 6.30 a.m. and 8.30 a.m., he's walking the streets. So if, <laughs> if you need a, a parental figure, just go walk around and see if you can bump into him. He'll stop. He'll talk to you. He will. Okay. I'll drive to L.A. Thank you. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, Aviana. Thanks. Bye. Bye. One thing I will say is it feels like all Republican people have Republican parents. Or most Republican of the Republican people. people I've met who are younger, they always have... 
Oh, as opposed to a, a, a young Republican with liberal parents. Although Stephen Miller would be the uh, would be the Maybe. exception to that rule. The new the new the neo Republican has liberal parents and is rebelling against it. Man, that's hard, Judd. I God, that I in a way I kind of thought you were right. In a way, I'm kind of like this seems hopeless. But you know what? You no, love your parents. It's sad. It, it, I mean, it's sad because I think you know there's a form of uh, conservatism which. You could understand and disagree with, oh, you think taxes should be lower. Oh, you think there should be less government. Maybe you, you're you deeply religious and you're against abortion. And so you could, you know, you could see you know, why someone holds those beliefs and respect them and just go, we, we disagree on some of these, these things. But, you know, once Trump is in the, in the place of, I know math save people's lives, but I will never wear them even when I'm personally around the elderly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're in a new place. You know, every Republican should say, I still have my beliefs, but this person is dangerous and crazy. And yeah. that's a whole different thing. You don't have to support this man who's in over his head and clearly demented in some way. That's different than, you know, having a different philosophy about you know, governance. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I've been thinking a lot about that lately is that regardless of your political leanings, we are, we are drifting into alternate realities within the same universe. Like we're, we're, we're starting to slowly no longer believe in the same fundamental worldviews. And, and so the truth has stopped mattering in a way. All that matters is where people, what people are believing. And that is a it's made the world a very scary place to be. Cool. I, see, I understand that. But at the same time, I don't think there is a debate about whether or not if everyone wore masks, it would save lives. Oh, there's a debate, so, Judd. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten into personal fights this week about it. So, yeah, there's a debate. <laughs> um, Judd. That's true. Well, you, you know, not believing in science is also... Well, you know, a tough one. I hear you. My, yeah. my mom lives in Illinois in the you know, in a small town called Rockford. And this doctor she's going to won't wear a mask. And everyone else at the hospital is wearing a mask. And she's like felt really uncomfortable. So finally, she called the, the doctor's office and asked to talk to him. He called her back, whatever. They finally talked. And he's like, she's like, why aren't you wearing a mask? And he's like, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> and my mom so funny. and my mom in Rockford, Illinois is like, but what about for wouldn't it just like if it just makes your patients feel more comfortable? And he's like, Well, it's it's not I don't want to wear one and he's and like, it's just Look, like, ma'am, I'm not gonna get it. I'm a doctor. Sick people come visit me all the time. I'm the least likely guy in Rockford to get this thing. <laughs> but I mean oh Well, you know, in every profession there's an idiot. In every profession, it's not like right. they're doctors, there's not a moron doctor. I mean, of course, there's some of those. Yeah. Judd. Uh, oh, do you have something else, Tosh? No, no. Judd, I just wanted to ask you, what's your favorite borough in uh, New York? <laughs> Don't put him on the spot. You know, here's the thing. I've been to all the boroughs. And uh, after spending time shooting The King of Staten Island, I fell in love. Uh, with Queen. Oh no! <laughs> Such mixed <laughs> messages. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I had a great time being on Staten Island. I had never been there. Like a lot of people from New York, you don't visit Staten Island unless you have a relative or a friend there, because there's not like Six Flags Staten Island. There's no, there's nothing to lure you to Staten Island. And uh, but it, it did remind me of where I grew up, Long Island, and everyone there was was super nice and. 
we did have a great time being there. There's a lot of good food there, too. I once took a boat to Staten Island to meet a guy for headshots in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. It was oh. pretty sad. <laughs> wow. There's a whole world of headshots that we could do a documentary about. The bad things happen when people want to give you free headshots. Hey, speaking, uh, of, speaking of documentaries in Staten Island, uh, there's a great documentary about a, men, a mental hospital in Staten Island called Cropsy. It's a horror documentary and it's so scary. I so when you're done watching The King of Staten Island and you want to really get your Staten Island fix. Yeah, I think you said you were doing an, do, another call. Do you want right, us Judd? to do another call? Do, Judd, we got no, lo- we, we got lost in our oh. own mathematics. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot uh, about the code, uh, but I guess I said yes. Okay, great. Hey Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know what I like? What? I like let my locks flow and washing them and having them feel flowy and smell good. But the problem is I have a difficult time finding the perfect shampoo for me. Uh, well, that's weird because you have a bottle in your shower that says your name on it. Well, right. Until <laughs> now, because of Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is a company where you can go in and you take a little quiz and you fill out what kind of hair you have. Is it wavy? Is it oily? Do you want volume? Do you want, what do you need? Do you dye it? And they send you a specially formulated bottle of shampoo and conditioner just for you. It even has your name printed on it. Motion, I have very different hair. Uh, and what a lot of people don't know that if you dread washing and styling your hair, it's not you. It could be the products you're using. That's right. And so get a product that works for you. That's where Function of Beauty comes in. So go to Function of Beauty, take their hair care quiz, get a perfect bottle of shampoo and conditioner for you. And listen, we want to make that easier for you. So we're going to offer you 20% off your first purchase. Go to functionofbeauty.com honeymoon, fill out the quiz. You can get it with dye, no dyes, with dyes, a fragrance, no fragrance, whatever you like. It's vegan, cruelty-free. Get started now. Go to functionofbeauty.com honeymoon to take that quiz and save 20% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash honeymoon. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Functionofbeauty.com slash honeymoon and let them know we sent you. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know what one of the best parts of the quarantine pandemic is? All the ice cream we're eating. That is nice. But this is actually related. It's not having to always get dressed up to go to work. It's nice to sit around, chill out in some dope lounge gear that if you eat too much ice cream, will grow with you. If you're out of clean loungewear, mix things up by changing into Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pant. They're as comfortable as your pajamas and their professional style will make you feel like you actually got dressed for the day. I love their plain black stretch pants with pockets so I can put my big ass phone on my, in my butt. Oh no, speaking of your butt, I saw you wearing them the other day. I looked over, I was like, damn, she got a thumper. So if you want people to see your thumper, but not have to get all gussied up in some Nicki Minaj skin tight stuff, go to Beta Brand. Get their dress pant yoga pant. Yo, butt will be blinging. They're as comfortable as your favorite sweats. I've never worn sweats, but these I will wear. They've got a lot of different styles. Uh, There's a boot cut, a straight leg, a skinny, a cropped, an eight pocket. They have one, yeah, eight pockets. I want to get those. You have eight phones? (laughs) Right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order if they go to betabrand.com slash honeymoon. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash honeymoon. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants. Go to betabrand.com slash honeymoon for 25 Five percent off and make that butt blank. 
Okay, we're, we're going to call... Colin in Norfolk, Virginia. Let's call Colin. If my parents were Trump supporters, I would love that. I would have, love an excuse to never have to talk to people. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Colin. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's that, up? This is Natasha? <laughs> no, this is this is Natasha. <laughs> no, it's Natasha oh, and man. and Moshe, and we have a special guest, Judd Apatow, also on the phone. What? <laughs> Colin, you're well, cool, nice man. Nice to meet all of you. How much? How many dabs have you fucking fired up tonight, brother Colin? <laughs> uh, definitely not mine, man. He's not. He's not around. No dabs. Oh no! Oh no! Wait, well, I was talking about weed. You oh, had to bring up oh, your dead dad. Dabs? Oh, <laughs> quite, quite a bit actually. It's late here. It's like one o'clock. So yeah. Okay. All right. What's up, man? Why? Why do you? Uh, Judge, you're there, right? I, I am there. I was just thinking that for me, if I'm like smoking an enormous amount of pot, this happens very rarely, almost never. Uh, I. I I, I sleep very badly, and then the day is wasted until about three o'clock the next day. Well, you're not the pro that Colin is, you know, <laughs> or me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Colin, why'd you yeah, contact no, us? I got to get up early. T- tell us, tell us what's up. Tell us about your life. Why'd you contact us? So, COVID, um, COVID happened, and for whatever reason, I don't know if it was that or a culmination of things. But I decided it was a good time to just end my engagement. I got engaged this past summer, and I was just—I uh, don't know. I, I she she did kind of have a fake COVID scare that definitely got to me. You know. Wait, you thought she had it, so you broke <laughs> so you off the engagement? No, 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 no. Opposite. She thought she had it, so we all stayed home for a handful of weeks, and the test came back, and she didn't have it. And so you got she's, a she's you, a bit of a drama queen. You got but, a, you, know. you got annoyed with her for for thinking she had COVID, and so you you ended your engagement with her, kind of. Well, I mean, a lot of reasons. Uh, I would say financial abuse had a lot to do with it. But <laughs> oh, way to bury the lead, but Colin. I, I, yeah. Well, you know. What kind of financial what financial um, abuse mean? Yeah. What what does what does that mean? You know, it just kind of. Uh, we, we've been together since high school. We've been together a long time. So and I'm, I've always been a carpenter. I've always held down a, a solid job, solid career. And so, and she had not always succeeded with that. So, you know, when, when problems happen, when the car needs to get fixed and bills got to get paid, you know, oh, it was I'm the guy. Oh, it was Colin. You know, so you were feeling a little take, t- taken advantage of to be fair, yeah. to be fair. She had COVID. She couldn't work at that time, but um so oh, no no yeah no so what what how can we help you okay i'm sorry that that happened to you what what was uh what can we what can we help you with well i mean so because i've been in you know with the same person for so long i'm definitely in that eight years we, we had a couple of couple of times where we were apart for extended periods and saw other people but i am definitely i struggle with uh just not I fall in love easily, I guess. I just kind of go head over heels a little too quickly, and I kind of want to focus on me, focus on not doing that. And uh, you used to have the opposite problem, didn't you, Moshe? Didn't you used to, like, 
Oh yeah, I never loved. I never loved a woman. <laughs> I never, never have, never would. You know, still to this day, actually. So what, Colin. what's the secret? What do you, what do you do? What, what, what is the secret to what? To not falling in love with a woman when you first start dating them? Yeah, or just in just in general. I don't know. What's the secret in general? Staying grounded. Well, staying grounded. Staying. Um, I don't know. Well, okay. Look, you're a comedian, right? So, so you understand like being an artist or having a passion, following that. And a lot of comedians have these stories of this, like, or you know, relationship early on in their career that kind of holds them back, and then you you finally get past it, and things start like moving forward in your life. So, I want to do that. Oh, but okay. I'm afraid that I'm, you know, a pretty face will come along, and I'll I'll think everything's. Oh, hunky dory again. Got it. I think I understand what you're saying. I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, it sounds like you need to know what you want in a woman and 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 use this girl because you were engaged to her, so you were pretty close to spending your you know way more time with her. Uh, maybe yeah. you should think about what is it about her that you did not like and that really triggered you to break <laughs> up with her and, you know, just try to really figure those things out so you don't attract that again. And if a girl has that, maybe don't take it seriously. Juddy, what are you picking up here? Uh, I think Colin needs to fall in love with Colin. I totally agree. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. you need to take some time to learn who you are. I think you need to maybe read for a year. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe read for a year. Maybe a lot of. Uh, Do you know Owen Wilson? Some, some <laughs> psychology. Yeah, maybe read some psychology. Learn who you are. Learn to meditate. Maybe get the uh, the Calm app. Get mm. the Calm app. You know, uh, learn to yeah. meditate. Learn to you know learn about your your center, how to hold it, and uh, then you might not feel the need to leap to get somebody else's approval, and you could see people more clearly and know what you actually want because if you dated the same person since Mm -hmm. high school you probably haven't really had a chance to meet enough people to figure out what works for you and so you know you can tell everybody you go out with like i'm not looking for a relationship and then you know go on multiple dates with different people but just be super clear i'm not in that phase right now and then see uh what, what what occurs to you about that you know, there's a great book. I'm going to recommend a book. Can I recommend a book? <laughs> you can recommend, you can one, recommend only. A book. one only. If one only. Well, as long as it comes on Re- audio, do you think that's a <laughs> think that's the thing? Not only, Colin, is it on audio, but it is on YouTube, and you can listen to it for free. And it is called mm-hmm. The Untethered Soul by Michael the Singer. Untethered Soul. And and it's just great. I'm a, I, do, I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I like the whole like Eckhart Tolle power of Me now too. type of theory. And I thought this book was very, very helpful. And I'm not even joking. And I think if you listen to it and pay attention to it, it would help you. Can I explain the theory to you briefly? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested. Okay. Wait, hold on, Colin. Hold on. Is... I'm the host here. Sure, Jeff. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. The theory of the book is that, like, you'll have some sort of issue in your life, and then instead of solving the issue, you'll spend the rest of your life adjusting everything you do to not triggered on that issue. Oh, yes. And mm. so, mm-hmm. so that's why you need to spend some time to figure out what those things are. 
and anyway it's a really it's a really good book it I, helped me a lot uh i haven't left the house in several months so uh, <laughs> but but by the way colin you should be really proud of yourself because a lot of people don't have the guts to break up with someone and you know it's like you guys were about to get married and you could have like actually done it so you should be and be unhappy so you know, just the fact that you were aware enough to like, even though it was very hard, I'm sure to like during COVID break up with a fiance, you did it. And that's big. And I, I don't know. I, I just think that's like I look up to people who are able to make those kind of decisions because that it's so hard to hurt someone's feelings. Totally true. And and it goes to what Judd was saying. Like if you guys had gotten married, then that, too, would have been just you being propelled by some some fundamental wound that you weren't willing to turn around and jump into to heal and like and like i think like uh, on that note of getting to know and love colin like uh and, and find i know it's corny but it's true the reason things become corny is because people say them so trying, much man, that trying. they become true they, uh, they say them so much because they're true and then they start to sound like cliches but like therapy's good and the first one of the first things that I, I almost guarantee that a therapist would tell you is like one of the one of the things that you're doing is classic transference you're saying to yourself the reason i haven't chased my dreams and i haven't become the person i wanted to be is because i've been abused by my ex-fiance and i fall in love with women and they take away my attention and it's all it's all transferring blame to the people around you and in reality, blame blame isn't really useful, but in reality, like the only way for you to figure out what you want to do and follow your dreams or anything is not whether or not someone makes you fall in love with them. It's you figuring out, just like Judd said, who you are and what you want to do, just like Natasha said. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I agree with that very much. I've been trying to uh, delve into some kind of self-reflective material i mean podcasts are great because discussions like this happen and it gives me a lot of insight into like oh man other people deal with a lot of the same things like you guys podcast with a girl a couple weeks ago about sharing a dog uh, so yeah. that's something I, I i had to deal with too but boom i just took your advice right off the bat i was like you know you let oh, her keep it. Homes is... Oh no, no, I got the dog. Oh, you kept that. Oh. Oh, there you go. You took her advice. <laughs> no, I mean, you took her advice. You took the dog. I mean, in AA, they used to say it's an inside job, meaning that all change comes from within. It's never, ever, ever external. And the other thing is, I'm thinking like nothing bad will ever come from a journey of self-discovery. It'll never be like, well, I went to therapy. I read The Untethered Soul. I really looked inside. I learned yeah. how to meditate. I did some yoga. I calmed down and it really fucked me up. It was a really <laughs> negative experience. It'll always be positive. <laughs> And you know what all is, uh, the other thing that you should do is just cut bait with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> we can give you no better advice than that, Colin. Good luck to you. Um, good luck, Colin. Thank you, guys. You're going to meet I the... You sound it. cool. The problem is you sound really cute. Probably every girl wants to date you. So, you know, spend some Colin time. I tell you the... Po here's oh, the I'm fucking gullible, man. I got to I gotta chill out. Wait, but here's the positive part, Colin. You have a... And you, you'd probably know this, but here's the beauty part on your journey of self-discovery and love and maybe becoming an artist and maybe not you have a skill as an artisan that will literally for the rest of your life ensure that you are not homeless or hungry the world needs more carpenters so thank god you have a marketable skill you could be having all these same problems and all you do is play call of duty so good luck <laughs> 
Thank you, guys. Have a great one. All right, okay. Colin. I want to be more li- laid back like him. He didn't seem laid back. He seemed high. <laughs> <laughs> Judd, you're a good a good advice giver. You know, uh, thirty years of therapy, and uh, I got some uh, I got some quotes I could use from uh, the many different therapists. The first therapist I ever went to was Andy Kindler's old comedy team partner. That's oh how God. long I've been in the game. <laughs> oh man! Wait, are you friends with Andy? Because we really do have to get him on. I love him. Uh, I love Andy. Yeah, I, I used to do open mics with Andy back. Uh, Did he back used to be part day, of a drive? He was. He was. He was in a comedy team. Andy and Bill. That is a funny <laughs> idea. That it was a therapist. I mean, a therapist and a man <laughs> with anxiety disorder like you've never seen before. <laughs> uh, Andy Kindler would be fun to have on. Yeah, Judd. What you were saying about that the the concept in the Untethered Soul. The the more I think about people the more i think that that's kind of all there is like that's that is the primary issue that every single person has is that at some point in their life some event occurred and they have moved in they've been fueled by that event into realms that they never should have gone into for the rest of their lives because so few people stop and turn around and actually deal with the event so i'm going to read that book now Oh, it's uh, it's really good. And you know what else he talked about, which I thought was interesting? He said, your mind thinks it has a job. And it thinks its job is to keep you safe and make you happy and make sure everything you say is the right thing. Make sure everything that everyone else says to you is the right thing and that no one hurts you and that everything goes perfectly every moment of every day. And it is a job that is impossible and insane. And you have to watch your mind try to do it you know, as an observer and realize that, that, that it makes no sense at all what your mind thinks it's supposed to do for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that is- I just keep thinking about my kid because I feel like our kids, like we're also conscious about making sure they have these amazing lives. Whereas like, I feel like our parents, like something bad happened between like ages five and 15 where we, now we have like our souls are tethered to these like bad events that we're trying to prevent for our children. Well, I think about our kid and I think, I, I hope this isn't too dark, Natasha, but I think, oh, this creature, the, the beauty of babies is that they haven't experienced whatever that wound will be because you, can't, you don't get through life without something happening and it doesn't even have to be trauma. It can be anxiety. It can be fear. It can just be the way your brain develops. But nobody gets through life unscathed. Like nobody, nobody makes it through yeah. just scuff free. And yeah. I think about our daughter. I'm like, she's she's so innocent and so pure that she hasn't had whatever it is that's going to shape her for positive or negative yet. I mean, my, my big wound turned out to be to, in some ways a positive, but that's because I I went to rehab and I got my shit together. And some people just never get to do that anyway. What's your well, wound, Joe? I met, uh, well, I'll tell you, when I met Gary Shandling, he gave me this book, and it was called Turning Problems into Happiness. It was a Buddha book, like a Buddhism book, and basically it said that every time you have a problem and every time something goes wrong, instead of being bummed out about it, you should try to be happy about it because it is an opportunity for some sort of growth. So... It might mean you need to work harder, or you need to be more patient, or you need to not 
you know, be angry and, or maybe you need to learn to have more strength and fortitude. And I never heard anything like that as a kid from Long Island with zero spirituality. And right. just a thought like that completely reshaped how I looked at every day. So if someone's being an asshole and yelling at me, I can scream back or go, this is a great moment for me to teach myself patience and how to be kind, even though I want to tear this person's throat out. That's so, and, in- oh, sorry. No, that's it. And that's, you know, and so, you know, you learn a few of those throughout your life and uh, your life gets a third better. But right? let me just say this. My daughter is two and I swear to God, because Moshe and I do this thing at dinner now where I try to say three highlights and I forgot this highlight. I was sitting with my daughter and she just kept singing to me the song from the TV show she watches, Daniel Tiger. She sang this to me for like 15 minutes. If something seems bad, turn it around and find something good. She just kept singing that and singing that over and over today. And it was so cute, like on a loop. And I'm like, where is she getting this? And I saw it was from the TV show. But also it's like she is learning that. Right. That's the lesson of the, yeah. of the Buddhism book is get, being fed to her at two years old. That's it's pretty so nice. cool. I mean, it, it's not. It's like that's what the TV is now. Like if you get if you, I don't know. I just uh, that's pretty sweet. I just think I have a pure child. Yeah, yeah. Me well, too. It's, it's, it's if you could find ways to trick them into you know, picking up certain pieces of wisdom that might stick with them. Right. And it, it, and what I what, what's funny is once Maud was telling me this piece of advice I gave her a long time before. And I said to her, you know, I read Michael J. Fox's book and he said that you shouldn't worry about things because if you do worry about things and they actually happen, then you've only experienced the, then you, you've experienced the pain of it twice. Yeah. So you shouldn't anticipate things that haven't happened mm. because then it's, you'll just suffer twice. Totally. And, Year, years after I said that to my daughter, thinking she didn't even hear me, she's like, I always used to think about about that. And you said that to me once, and I wouldn't have thought she ever even remembered it. So as a parent, it's shocking what sticks. You never know what sticks, but every once in a while something That's does so stick. cool. So the idea is to just bombard them with spiritual messaging <laughs> and hope that one, of the, yeah. one or two of them sticks around and shapes their life. Yeah, I'll put like ear pod uh, in her ears when she's sleeping and uh, <laughs> just put like a Deepak Chopra audio book. Judd, you're a great dad. Put- it's obvious. We get it. I heard a funny story about Deepak Chopra, but we, we got to <laughs> let you go. But but or we don't have to, but I want to out of respect to you. But we could talk. No, all no, night. let's let Judd go. It's late. Well, the Deepak Chopra. Some, I can't remember what comedian. This is an early comedy memory from before I even started comedy. I saw it on TV. Deepak Chopra got into this guy's car and he's like, uh, the guy's like, the comedian's like, could you put your seatbelt on? And Deepak Chopra's like, I have already foreseen my death and it is not in a car accident. And the comedian was like, well, have you foreseen whether or not I got a uh, seatbelt ticket, motherfucker? Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> Good one. I remember Pete funny. Holmes. Pete Holmes was going to go interview Deepak Chopra. And I said, can you just ask him these two questions for me? And I forgot what my questions were, but like in a parking lot somewhere, Pete recorded him asking Deepak Chopra these two questions. And then he like sent me like a voice memo of Deepak Chopra going, Judd, in answer to question number one. Oh, that's awesome. And explaining uh, these uh, deep thoughts to me. Now, here's the thing. I lost the audio. 
and I don't remember what he said, and I'm pretty sure it was the meaning of life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll never know now, but we will know this. You're good at giving advice, you're a good dad, and you're a good walker, and a good podcast guest. And, uh, you know, you've written a great movie that will be out very soon. Tell us again the date. All excited to see, on demand. June 12th? June 12th, uh, The King of Staten Island, Start. on video on demand. It's on all your gadgets, it's, it's on movie. It's on uh, BBC America. Uh, I think you can get it on ESPN two. I, I think it's just everywhere. Well, I'm just Quibi. I'm ge- yeah. Well, no, they broke it down into eight minute episodes. It is on Quibi. <laughs> I am genuinely excited to see the movie and uh, genuinely enjoyed talking to you tonight. We always love seeing yes, you. Yes, thanks and for talking to us. It was a pleasure. And remember, cut me. Cut bay. Oh yeah, we gotta call. We gotta call our parents. Okay, bye, Judd. <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right, take care, guys. Okay, yeah. thanks again. Yeah. If that something was great. seems bad, turn it around and find something good. You know, when you were singing that song. It was so cute. She was singing that to me all day today. It's a powerful spiritual message. And I guess what I think what Judd was saying was like you hope that it's not just a little kid regurgitating a, a, a song right does she it even know does what she's go saying into her head but you know what he's right after a while they build up and you know and oh by the way trauma some people have less of it than others and our job as parents i think is to Hot, m- try minimize, to keep the trauma away. keep the trauma away because life is going to have its way with you regardless but it doesn't have to have a, its way with you in a very bad way and when you were singing that song that made me so happy and i just realized something what i judge you wait i know i love you I love you too.